Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Griefsters. I hope you're having an okay week. I know I say that every week, but I genuinely hope it's been okay. Uh, I'm not sure how many of you even listened to the intro, so if you do, hello. Thank you, because I do take time to record it. So it's nice to know that somebody listens. Perhaps nobody listens to the intro, apart from me and Kate, my editor. Anyway, hi, Kate. Um, we have a Griefcast Live coming up uh, on June the 6th at the Udderbelly Festival on the South Bank in London. If you head to the Udderbelly website, you should be able to buy tickets and I will try and tweet links as well. You can follow us on Twitter at The Griefcast. We're also on Instagram at The Griefcast as well. And um, if you are on any of those networks, I recommend following us because I'm always tweeting and Instagramming other stuff from other people about grief or articles they've read. So it's quite a helpful place if you're looking for other resources. This week I'm talking to musician and writer Felix White. You may know Felix's name already because he was in the hugely successful band The Maccabees. They had four albums, they got Mercury nominated and yeah, they were fairly massive it's fair to say. Uh, The Maccabees have since finished and he is now a writer. Felix came in to talk to me about his mum who died when he was 17. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm here today with musician and writer Felix White. Hello. 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 All right. Um, yeah, I was just we were just talking about musician, but you are a writer these days as well. I am. I am a writer. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, are you finding that transition hard? That's what we were just. Well, talking into about. writing. Yeah, of like being able to say you're a writer. I am finding it. Well, that's an interesting question because I was in uh, my band for a long time, so about 15 years. Yeah, yeah. So I got very used to being a uh, musician. You know, That's it's Felix it. from the Maccabees, yeah. and I go, "Oh, I'm in a band." Yeah, and everyone looks at you like, "Oh, we know who this guy is," oh, and you command a certain attention. Yeah. And it is interesting when someone introduces you as a cricket writer. You don't <laughs> get the same currency. In the That's room the problem. Yeah. So I always feel like it's still a shifting thing where someone goes, "Oh, you know, it's, it's him from the band," and someone goes, "Oh, cool." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, know, do you so know what I'm funny. saying? I do because it's funny because like the fans of cricket writing are very different. Yeah, I mean, that's so. <laughs> cool. I mean, that's fucking cool to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And my husband, my husband loves cricket, and I know that that, that cricket 
element. It's a very different, like, yeah, it's like, oh, wow, hello, rather than like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, the age difference It's a is much more marked. niche market. Niche. Let's, let's put it that it's way. Niche. yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I have, yeah, when the band split up, I chased down a lot of things, and I kind of do all of them now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh on but a daily basis it's all changing interesting because we were just saying like I have all the actor, comedian, podcaster improviser, writer but is that the, all of them? That's I think that's all of them yeah. mother human <laughs> <laughs> lover less <laughs> um, these days and um, I think the problem is for me that's okay because I never was one of those things I've always been all of them right so like when I started acting acting didn't work very well so I became a comedian and then comedian I was also being an improv because like I was trying to get anything going sure so I've always done loads because it's like fuck spin as many plates as you can guys and one of them will work right so because you've been a musician a successful musician I guess that transition's a bit trickier because mm. like you were musician that's it for 15 yeah, years whereas I've always been what am I doing today things. you know what's gonna yeah. and then I was temp for like 10 years trying to get yeah working receptions while doing all the comedy so right so yeah, I don't. I'm so used to not being defined by one thing, mm. and also I think that you were very successful. <laughs> so yeah, maybe that's like you, music, yeah. yeah. Is um, I mean, I can say like, a neat way to describe transition is when my band broke up. I did actually write a massive piece because the first because I've always loved cricket. The first thing I thought of was cricketers. What happens when they oh, retire? Yeah, and I'd met certain yeah. cricketers who were sort of re evaluating who they were because your body just gives up and you have to work out who you are again so I did this kind of piece in conversation with a lot of cricketers that became shoemakers or firemen or whatever and they'd done so much um, and I was kind of going through my own sense of catharsis through it Yeah, and they were most of them said you know what I've I feel better. I'm not just a cricketer. Yeah, I'm I'm like a you know a three-dimensional person. I actually feel better about that now. Wow. So yeah, that was one nice thing. Yeah, because I guess they can't all join Test Match Special. Like that's well, only three or four of them can, yeah. unfortunately. Because in my head they all just go they all go there, but you've just sweet, made me realise Oh no, they can't all do that. Can yeah, they? that secret handshake through the door. Yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To heaven. Yeah. No, it's, that's not the way, unfortunately. Yeah, that's but well, I'm glad some I'm glad they I'm glad they're okay. That's but, good. They're very okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, most of them are relieved. Yeah, I mean, cricket. Yeah. I mean, it does look like running up and down, but I've been told it's actually quite physically demanding. Mm. <laughs> I'm so. My husband's such a cricket fan, and I honestly, I've I've had it explained to me so cricket. many times. So Maybe we going. shouldn't go down that. Yeah, vortex. I feel bad. Yeah, oh, because you're you a big fan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big. And I, I do a um, podcast with Greg James, the Radio One oh, DJ, yeah, yeah. and Jimmy Anderson, who's the who, who bowls for England. I know that name. And he's yep. a very, you know, he's the greatest fast bowler ever. Yeah. But our podcast has turned into a very loosely cricket-based sort of um, safe space for people that want to learn about the game. Oh, nice. So um, I should listen. Maybe you should. Yeah. There's a shoe salesman from Bristol who swears he's related to Sachin Tendulkar, who was like I a know, god I of know, the game. I know that name. I know that name, yeah. And uh, he he um, sells roller sole shoes. <laughs> So, like, you know, in clubs when, when uh, women turn up with high heels, yeah. there's a vending machine where you can buy oh, plimsolls. those things you roll up, He invented up. Yes. them. Wow. Anyway, he doesn't know anything about cricket, but he's distantly related to Sachin Tendulkar. Wow. And he phones up every week to um, <laughs> ask Jimmy or, or feed Jimmy with, like, ideas of how we could make cricket more interesting <laughs> to more people. <laughs> Um, so anyway, yeah, so I spend, I spend a lot of time vindicating or discussing the yeah. peripherals of cricket and why and one it isn't interesting. No, and I, f- I feel bad, honestly. I, it's like a running joke with my husband because he is a genuinely massive cricket fan and like properly loves it. So I have, it's that thing of like, I've listened to Test Match Special, but in the background for, for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. So I've absorbed quite a lot, mm-hmm. but I almost like, he then can't believe how much I don't, like he'll try, he'll be like, oh, this and that's happened. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, you've listened to it for like 15 years. For 10 years like, and you still don't understand. I still, but it's like, they, I just tune it. I like, obviously I like the tea break. I yeah. like when they have the chat. Yeah, yeah. I still haven't got over when that man liked Katie, started talking about Katy Perry. Jeffrey Boycott. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, Jeffrey Boycott's a funny one because he's more, most celebrities you'll meet are less them than you imagine them to be. So yeah. you break it down and you're kind of speaking to the human quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. He's even more cartoonish <laughs> Jeffrey Boycott than you imagine. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I couldn't believe when, if you haven't listened to Special Base, there was this bit where someone sent a cake and he just started talking about Katy Perry and how beautiful she was. He loves Katy Perry, yeah. It was really sweet, but also weird, but also... He loves it. He's a gruff Yorkshireman who yeah. isn't, you know, has never been to a concert in his life. Yeah. He just suddenly took a liking to... yeah. I think that's what I I remember I remember hearing it live and I tuned in and I was like and I said to Ben I was like is he talking about Katy Perry and Ben was like yep yeah, he really likes her. This is the good thing about a crit- it's Test Match Special. There's so much time to fill. It so gets quite time. psychedelic. Yeah, it gets because really Because you do have to discuss other... Yeah. That's the bit I like interests. when they go off into the stuff. And then I get a bit upset when they're like, oh. It's and off, he's been involved. It's, it's come off the boundary. <laughs> it's come off the boundary. Yeah, I know. That's, but that's good. What's the it's podcast called? It's come off the boundary. Tailenders. Tailenders. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I'll get better. I'll get better. Um, obviously, Felix, we're not here. Let's talk about cricket. Um which is good because, as you can see, my my knowledge involves coming off podcast. the boundary. Yeah, coming um, off the boundary. Who are we remembering today? Uh, my mum. Your mum. And what was your mum's name? Lana. Lana, that's a nice name. It is a nice name, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, Lana White was her Lana name. Lana White? That sounds mm. like a singer, doesn't it? It's got a, like... Yeah, it does. It's a beautiful name, yeah, Lana. it's beautiful. Yeah. Really beautiful. So, um, when did Lana... When did your mum die? She died when I was 17. When you were 17? She had MS, so she, but she had a very aggressive form of wow. MS, which would be... Um, I'm loose with the phrase, but it would be called primary progressive MS now. Okay. But I don't know if it was diagnosed as that as such then. Yeah. But she got that when I was maybe seven. Okay, so she was diagnosed when you were seven. Did they tell you or were you oh, aware? That's a good question. Do you know what? I don't remember ever being told, but I, I would have been. Yeah. But I would yeah. have been too young, I think, to. No, it was just kind of quite obvious. So it was obvious that she was ill. Yeah, so she was quite. She, she was a very gregarious social person, my mum. And she, I think she began to she began to lose the sight in her left eye. Wow! Which is, I think, is quite typical. And then it, and then uh, she lost the use of her left arm, so it would begin to swing like wildly, and she'd have to sort of hold it. Oh my goodness! Close, yeah. Then she'd use a walking stick, and um, deteriorated to the point that her last few years of her life, she wasn't, she couldn't really move, and she'd Mm. be visibly pinning her head to her shoulder in order to kind of stop it from really like wow. manically shaking so yeah it was a so is that one thing. of the symptoms of ms is you're losing control of well what it muscles. is is that um i'm not the, the guy to yeah, sure, give sure. the exact time but the, the nerves that yes. send messages from your brain so they, they get blocked okay so you stop being able to do it yeah and in my, some people have it when they relapse when they can they can live a lot of their life comparatively mm. healthily um, but my mum had really aggressive form where she just deteriorated at wow. quite a huge rate, yeah. So when did you start sort of being aware that like, oh, okay, we don't have long left? Or was it not, is, was it more subtle than that? Was no, it? it was really obvious, but we, it's funny because you have, because um, I know your dad had cancer, Cancer, didn't yeah, yeah. Um, but it's funny because it was over such a long period now, but, but now I just have sort of um, quite blurred visions mm. of the the progress of it so like for the f- i can run you through some of them yeah yeah, yeah. i mean the, f- the first one is that we had someone looking after us because it me and my two brothers and we were driving around and we came past the road and this is when my mum wasn't that ill but she just collapsed on the road wow and she we drove past her and the nanny aware was like shit it's pulled up and she was I think my mum realised that we were in the car, so she was trying to protect us, so she was trying to laugh it off, and oh. she got had to get carried into the car. Wow. And it turns out that she, her body had just gone, but her some police had walked past her, and they had assumed that she was drunk, drunk or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. So they didn't pick her up to help her. Oh, no. Because they sort of ignored her, and then... Yeah, that's quite a sad memory now. Because, but, but I remember it as her laughing and yeah. we kind of laughed with her and I guess she was sort of trying, trying to make protect it like, it's us okay don't worry yeah you know cause... which is something that she did the entire time but it's hard to now think of that because it warps what my experience of it was a little bit because yeah. as a kid we just sort of laughed you're being silly yeah mum mum do you know what I mean yeah those kind of things happen and she died when I was 17 so it was a 10 year like incremental yeah. invasion of the body really. So towards the end was she her mobility was massively affected. Mm. Was she kind of in a bed by the end? Yeah, so she was in 
at first we we moved house, so we had a just like a so we had a smaller house as you get around. Then we had a stair lift, and eventually she was just in a bed by the door. Right. So there'd be carers coming in yeah, all the time. Yeah. Mm. And then were you with her when she died? I I wasn't. There's the story about when she died was she was getting. She was she was getting more and more obviously more and more ill, and mm. she was it was clear that definitely you know to my dad I mean we were kids I'm the oldest of seventeen so I don't, so wow. you know that you that it's not, not good okay, yeah but I don't think you still don't kind of put it together do you yeah yeah she was <laughs> she was getting much much more I I was becoming obsessed with music and I was I was sort it was almost like it was a slight escape route i was that kid and i had yeah. all of, i was obsessed with oasis i'd oh, wake really? up thinking about oasis <laughs> i'd slightly walk like oasis i learned all the interviews wow. i learned guitar for that reason yeah and i still remember the date it was february 5th where oasis were playing watford coliseum which me and my friends bought tickets to and um and we we got like queued up from one in the yeah. afternoon ran to the front had this you know, a transformative night where, you know, I got carried over the barriers and, like, waving at Liam who nodded at me and thought, yeah, that is going to be my life, (laughs) Um, sort of thing. And I went back that that evening. I knew my mum was ill, but I... And I put my head around the door to say my dad was with my mum and he wasn't usually that late. And she was obviously in a bit of distress and I just said, it was really amazing, I'll see you later. And... um, I left, and then the next morning I didn't say goodbye to her, and then when I came back the next day, she died. Yeah. So she died when you went, when you came back from the concert? So the next day at school. Next day at school. But I always think of that moment, which is interesting, because I used to beat myself up about that. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. But um, my dad actually has had said to me since a few times that that was um, a, a, an amazing moment, because it, it sort of, the fact that I'd enjoy myself, like, cut through all that pain she yeah, was feeling. yeah. In that moment, so but um, anyway, so I went to school, and then the next day she'd had trouble breathing, and I decided to stay at school to play football. And during that period of time, she'd started really breathing strange. My brother had seen her phone my dad, my grandparents turned up, and they were all there when she died. But I turned up maybe half an hour later. But you're 17, like you know. So this is, I didn't know, I didn't know you were a teenager when I started talking to you because obviously. I'm in the teenage club, and it's uh, yeah. it's so. I don't know if I've said this story before. I remember I was eating this food like we we used to do a lot of uh, dinner on trays, like mm-hmm. on the telly. Yeah, watching Fresh Prince. Brilliant. Yeah. And uh, I remember like we'd had like chicken or something, and my dad said to take that out to the kitchen. This is when he was very ill, and I was like, oh, I'll do it in a minute. He's like, take it out to the kitchen, and you know, like because you're still the teenager. So I was like. Oh. I'll do it in a minute. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's your fresh prince? Yeah. And then he started moving like really weirdly and like he went to do it and I, I was like, what? And he said, it's making me feel sick. Oh, wow, really? Because he was on the chemo. Yeah. And it's that thing of like being a teenager when you're so, you're still a child. Mm-hmm. So you, but you, you're a child. So you do childish things, but you have an adult brain that tells you how bad that is. Mm. And when you're like eight, you're like, okay. I'm, I mucked up. I didn't know. But when you're a teenager, you're like, oh, the thing I did that was really selfish and stupid, I'm fully aware totally. that that was awful. And I remember feeling so bad and like taking it to the kitchen and like, you know, putting the like being like, why didn't you think? And it's just you. I remember feeling so guilty about that for so long of like, mm. I didn't care. I didn't care because you think you read it as like, I didn't care. I mean, it's not. It's just being a t- not really fully understanding a situation. It's, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because... A part of it, you're, you're robbed of those yeah, teenage years yeah. where you're allowed to be that flippant, flippant, carefree, give a shit. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You kind of because you can, you you can always sense there's something bigger. Yeah, going on, isn't there? So that, that was with my brothers. We never really squabbled. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was it was always like that feeling that there's something something bigger than us, bigger happening here. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, the house didn't have that normal thing of us sort of. Um, yeah, especially three boys, I can imagine. Do you know what I mean? When we got to that age, it wasn't just that was sort of out of... Yeah. But I do I do, I do, remember thinking that. It's funny you say you're watching uh, Fresh Prince Fresh because uh, the, uh, we used to do it, get home, neighbours, home and away, right. whole family, yeah. the two cats, everyone <laughs> is watching. That's what you do from like, yeah. I remember 5.35. Oh God, yeah, your day was sorted. For an hour. Yeah. So even my mum was in a wheelchair, we'd do that. And um, when she was getting really ill... I'd sometimes kind of watch TV and then go and see other and report back to my mum and say, 
whatever had happened. Yeah, yeah. Carl and Susan. Exactly. So I was watching Neighbours and um, Madge died. Oh, my God. Um, remember um, this? Do you remember yeah, Madge died? Yeah. And I was like struck down with yeah. it. And at this time, my mum, uh, she couldn't... She couldn't really make any sounds, wow. so she'd lost everything. And I was mortified that Madge had died. And I remember, you know, my mum had an affinity <laughs> with Madge. So I, had, so I sort of, um, <laughs> so I ran next door and Aww. said, Mum, you remember Madge from Neighbours? She died. And my mum went, <gasps> like, and it was the loudest noise she wow. had made. <laughs> and then she realised that that was funny. But that was the thing that was yeah, um, going to make, make her move. move. And I realised that that was funny. And we both kind of like laughed at each other. <laughs> and then I got on with it. That's like, so sweet. She kind of made the gasp. And yeah. then she sort of went, how ridiculous of me that that's the thing that you, I'm going to make a noise you, about. When you watch Neighbours so much, like my mum still watches it. She'll still say something to me like, oh, Libby came back. And I'm like, no. Yeah, Libby. How is Libby? she? Yeah. Toadfish's girlfriend's pregnant. I'm like, what? She's oh, it still gets. They are you. kind of embedded, aren't they? To- like it's like they are family. That is yeah. so sweet and anyway, so that's funny <laughs> that that's what got her. I still remember that, yeah, because it's really loud. Yeah. gasp she made. But she must have been shot because well, she must have been so shot. And I'm yeah, Madge wasn't supposed <laughs> to die. You thought Harold would go. He was much older. Exactly. And they did it. They did it quite. I remember that being a very sad episode. I actually. can't remember how she died. I can't remember either. But I remember it being really sad. Harold and... walked into the siege and was joined the Salvation Army. No, he joined. <laughs> he walked into the sea. They lost him, and then he he came, came back, back a year later and he joined the Salvation Army. Yeah. They, they tried to make out he'd been lost at sea. Yeah. I think that actor must have gone to do Panto or something, but we didn't, yeah, at the time yeah. I didn't connect that. But then he came back, didn't he? Do you remember, sorry not to change something, no, do no. you remember when they used to, I was thinking about this the other day, when they used to just change the actor who was mm. playing. Just overnight, And you'd be yeah. like, fucking, that's not. Yeah, really annoying. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. That's not Susan. <laughs> anyway. Oh yeah, did they do that with Susan? Mm. Well, the original season's back now. They're Is still she, in yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, my mum still watches it. Shout out to my mum watching Neighbours. She loves. She still loves it. Um, that's such a sweet Sorry story, though. That's so sweet. So then, but you, but like you say, you do. I do. I remember thinking to myself, walking past her room when it was in the last year or two of her life, and thinking. I'm gonna regret that I didn't go in then. Yeah. But yeah. there's some there's I've heard you talk about it in this podcast quite a lot and it's something that I've since learned to forgive myself for a little bit because you're you're almost you're doing a little bit of a survivalistic yeah, yes. distancing. Oh my god. Yeah, it's really weird and I think it's quite hard to talk about. Yeah, because it's you so, are, quite dark, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is quite dark, but there's something about Yeah, it's hard and it's hard to put into words, but it's something about knowing and I feel this as well, I've said this but they're dying and there's a part of you that's like don't get too close they're dying like there's mm. part of you that knows that and I also used to feel like not not that it was catching but that you you needed to remember that you weren't dying that's what I had a lot of like right. you know you had, felt like you wanted to get outside sometimes and be like I'm not the one dying because your house feels so full of death and illness and yeah. it's like cloaked so I think sometimes like music and going to play football and things that make you feel and for me it was like comedy it was like that laughter it's like you force oxygen into yourself and you're like mm. oh yeah yeah I'm alive, aren't I? Because it totally. feels like everything's... Because, you're, you know, your family is essentially dying and will reform in another way. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's, a, it's quite a desperate situation, isn't it? And it hangs in the the air. Yeah, I the mean, air is, like, thick. That's how I used to feel. Like, yeah. You sort of I'd, open the door, it's like, oh, God. She was quite a light, like a bright presence and she would have always... She was right towards the end. She was still kind of there. Yeah, yeah, And she, yeah. she wouldn't express pain or anything. So it wasn't like it was a an atmosphere that she was putting into the room no, but yeah you're right it just kind of is but it's something that I've learned since that that's just such a strange human thing that you're kind especially when someone's ill for a long time at the end you're going well if I'm not getting it yeah. from here where am I getting that yeah. and obviously you, your love from your mum or your dad is something that you can't replace I know, yeah. but I had started to go well I have to find that somewhere else Yeah, yeah. and, and that was, began with you know Big group, a group of friends at school, or being in a band, yeah, where people yeah. like clap you every <laughs> yeah, night and tell yeah. you you're great. Yeah, it was like, oh, that kind of that feels that's like loosely, yeah, the same thing. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, well, I this is why so many performers can come on this show, <laughs> right? <laughs> Who have dead parents because it's like, oh, we were missing something, <laughs> so we went and found it somewhere else. Yeah, definitely. It's sort of it. I mean, you know. 
it's like I do understand when people say like oh alcohol filled a hole I understand because I go yeah that's how it felt for me with like comedy and that obsession it was like it's doing something to ease that pain mm. and I always think well better than that than drinking were you talking day. about your dad's death to begin with immediately in, in your comedy when you were no no not right. at all I um I did a very because I did character stand up for ages so it was yeah. never me yeah like it took me ages to be like hi I'm Carrie and it was like Ugh. um so but I used to do things like I had this character called the magician's daughter and the whole set was um she'd been left on stage her dad was a magician and so she had to do the act but the whole and like so she would get everything wrong and I had right. all these magic tricks that went wrong yeah. and um oh right she'd been thrown on the bus and like she'd been shit, thrown I got the bus like a she, nightmare yeah and I'd sort of tell the story about how my dad was this awful put like my parents had split up and there was all this sort of like my mum had run off with a magician's assistant <laughs> called Pablo and uh, it was all sort of stupid but the whole time the whole like the motif of this set was me going dad dad oh he's coming he's coming He's coming back. He's coming back. And it wasn't two years later. I was like, oh, God, carry out. It's so obvious what that was about. Like a girl being like, my dad sent me down, but don't worry. He's going to fucking coming. come back. He's coming back. But I will keep the show going until he's there. And you're like, it doesn't take Freud. <laughs> so hot. But you genuinely didn't believe no, it at the time. I, I realised what nothing. was happening. I was like, that's funny. Yeah. That's fun. I would always just think that's funny. And I had another character called um, Andrew, who was a small boy, who, again, the dad had left. And he had this awful stepdad. And um, he used to talk about the Russian Revolution and like do the history. That was a stupid <laughs> voice. But there was this... Again, the dad was in Dubai. And he was waiting for his dad to come back. But his dad had been done for fraud. <laughs> So, so many characters coming back, no. so, and I honestly no no review ever said anything. So I think it was there was enough other characters to like blur it. Yeah, but yeah. So I never is that what? So did you do start you, writing songs? Can I ask you a question quickly? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you did you have it recently though? Because I had because um, obviously you know it rationally, but I almost quite recently about probably being about thirty, I had the sudden thing of like, oh, she isn't coming back. Yeah, yeah. I Even though that. she'd been dead for like 13 or 14 years. It's so years. bad, isn't it? Yeah. And I suddenly I, went, oh. Yeah. She, it's definitely happened, hasn't she it? She isn't here. <laughs> yeah. I know, and it's really weird. Isn't that strange? My therapist started making me say, he's dead. Because I used to always go, he died? Which sounds, she was like, it sounds very active. It sounds a bit like he's he's doing something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's died, guys, but don't worry, he'll come back. And yeah. she started, well, not making me, but just making me aware that I would ne I never used to say my dad's dead, ever. It would be like, my dad died when I was 15, as if it's like a thing that happened over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it yeah, made, yeah, yeah. obviously, I invented it to protect myself. Absolutely. And um, when she started making me say it, I was like, I, really, I, I had the same thing. I was like, oh, I haven't accepted he's dead. Like, what the fuck? After 20 years, you would have, you know, if someone had asked you two years before you're 30, you'd be like, yeah, of course I have. Of course I have. But then you sort of realise those games you play with yourself. Mm -hmm. You sort of hide from the truth slightly. Right. So, yeah, I, had, I definitely I had, um, had. And quite recent recent grief cast, because I listen to it a lot, um, and I'm always sort of uh, trying to have a conversation with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but with uh, Marcus Sullivan, which I love, mm. that was brilliant. Who but also was at Teenage Club. Teenage, yeah. yeah and um, him phoning up, his sister phoning up and saying, is it mum's not alive anymore? Yeah, yeah, mum's not alive anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like... She couldn't, so he's strange to yeah, go, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think it's really hard. Like, I, I say it, I make myself say it now, but even saying it, like, my dad's dead, still, I'm getting better, but still feels like, oh, that's a, that's a big, heavy thing to say. Mm. Like, but I definitely, I think it does come from being a teenager when it happens, or, you know, not a fully-fledged adult, I suppose, is fairer. That's something your brain just has to lock it away because you, cause you're not ready to process it. Yes. And everyone I know in this club seems to find, when you hit 30, <laughs> around that time, you start going... Oh, maybe I need to work that work out. out what happened to me because it's like it happens to you. Then you just spend your twenties being like, "What the fuck? Totally. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Ignore it. Do everything, everything possible, but it creeps up, and then you sort of hit thirty and think, "Oh, it's okay. really fascinating, isn't it? Because you you do become an adult immediately. Yeah, an element yeah, of it. yeah. But I've noticed in my behaviour like recently, but there's elements of me that are still a seventeen year old. Mm -hmm. Like for example, I just <laughs> yeah. on the way here, I was thinking this. Um, I've got a record label and we do these bi-monthly nights which are um, amazing, so much fun but basically the kind of nights where you take vitamins for a week and you make sure you've got three days off right, after yeah, it yeah. because it's going to be sort Big of chaos month. and really yeah. fun and it was my birthday in September and they like they had a cake so I got a cake and there's this big like packed um, smoking area <laughs> 
<laughs> and I just thought, I, it, it came, it happened, the whole sequence happened in about five seconds. I just thought in my head, I'm going to turn around and throw this cake into that crowd. And I just turned my back and I just launched a fucking cake. <laughs> I'm 34 on my 34. What a waste of cake birthday. is how I'm feeling. <laughs> I turned around and one of my friends was covered in cake. But then when I like thought about it, I was thought, there are repressed acts of being yeah, a teenager yeah. that are like desperate to come out occasionally and without like my will. Yeah. That th- that comes out. That kid who didn't get to throw cakes yeah. around when he was seven. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I Sonny's really like, do. I'm gonna fucking throw that. Yeah, yeah. I really totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> well, we said this to Mark. Like, I feel it's taken me a long time to let go of that 15-year-old. Like, I yeah. honestly, I was 15 for about I'd say about, you know, 15 years. Like, I absolutely stayed there. Right. And I felt I felt happy there. I felt... I understood that 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like I said, and if I see teenagers now, I to- still doesn't take much to go back there. And having a kid, for me, really was re- quite difficult because it made me go, oh, fuck. I can't stay here anymore. But, like, I am... Um, when, I'm, when I'm suffering from grief, when I'm st- feeling a bit shitty, I am... Um, I am such a sullen teen. I go back to that teenager. Yeah. And I completely understand. Like, I I didn't go off the rails. I didn't have that. So there's that mm. that fucking urge to be like, oh, I'm going to fucking do yeah. something. <laughs> like, because I didn't get to. I didn't get to. And you were, you, were you angry about it? I was so angry. Oh, you were? Oh, my God. I was like a ball of fire. Like, you would, you know, like, it's quite a funny sort of um, cliche character these days, but like a very angry girl teenager like you you know you were like do not just stay yeah, away like from peanuts her. like lucy from yeah peanuts. lucy darlene like yeah. it was like you were just and i would think i mean i think i thought <laughs> i was seemed really tough but probably i seemed like an intensely fragile just don't sure you're yeah, wearing was, it more than you imagine i was yeah. so angry yeah well you well no because that's the interesting thing is that i wasn't angry oh, about it at God. all yeah because i love my mum so much and she was such a like it was she. It was such a um, force of of strength that she never sort of tried to project that thing that she was in pain or that I should yeah. worry about it at all. So so I didn't feel like I could. Feel, if she's dealing with that so well, wow. Yeah. What am I? You know, what is there for me to be angry yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of still have that a little bit where I, I find it hard to access your anger, being anger about. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Being angry about yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like oh, she could do that and I can do this, but then it permeates into. a... Difficult thing because everyone that I've had relationships with or been close with, if they're moaning about a menial thing, there's like a bit of my brain going, not that's not really deal. an issue. Yeah. So you stop them from, yeah, do you know just, what I mean? Being yeah, allowed yeah, to yeah. just vent frustration because yeah. you're, yeah, you're <laughs> you haven't it vented your frustration. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, do you know what I mean? You have to kind of police your brain. Yeah. I do, totally do you see know what, what you mean. I think it's really interesting because. I was so angry that the, my what the consequence of what's happened to me is like I can go into the anger room too quickly. So I have to police myself. So if somebody saying menial thing happens, I'm I'm furious. I'm absolutely furious. Really? And I, and I even now you can go. I can go ballistic. So I, w- I easily. wish I could do that. I would love no, that. No, it's not good because I my policing is like I have to go carry ad. I had literally have to step out of the situation and go, what's happened? Do you actually need to react? Are you overreacting? Check everyone's faces. Do they look, they're looking at you like, why are you so angry? Okay, calm, calm. Because I, it's, because I think I, I was so angry. And I guess, very, again, you're obviously it's different, but like, because my, it was so quick. So my, to me, it was like, everything was fine and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I was just so angry that. Sure. And I felt so outraged. Like, what the fuck just happened? Sure. And so I find it really. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't, there's no good or bad. It's just the consequence. You don't, I wouldn't recommend this. <laughs> I, I don't I'm like really, this. I'm envious of <laughs> no, that. I'm envious of your chill. I'm yeah. like, God, imagine that. <laughs> imagine if you could just be chill about everything. But it is hard because, I mean, it has been hard on my side of that because you start to worry what, where, where what am I going to get? Yeah, yeah. When, when's it going to go? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe here now. <laughs> Maybe that's what the cake was. Fuck you guys! Well, the cake was probably was it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do you think it was a bit of you that was angry? I always wonder, like, I'm always wary of going, oh, is this always about my dad? But then it always yeah, is. Yeah, it kind of is though, isn't it? <laughs> it it is, is a definitive. Yeah. But it's, it can't help be a definitive moment in your life. It really can't. And that's what I fought so hard for so long to be like, this is not, this doesn't define me. This has nothing to do with me. My dad died, so what? Shit happens every day. Give a shit. Who cares? 
And then now I'm like, no, it's literally the reason that everything, of course, everything happened. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. When you started the bat, yeah. you get this record deal. It happens like quite quickly, mm. right? How was that? With because you must. How old were you when that happened to you? The band, yeah, so, when it started. Um, pretty much immediately after my mum died. So wow. I'd started playing guitar. Um, like I say, sort of teaching myself things like Oasis songs, and then um, I think the band were beginning to get together when my mum had died, and then. The year after, actually formed and were just sort of rehearsing in bedrooms and garages, yeah. and then we got a record deal a year after, and then that was my life from yeah nineteen to thirty to, to, to last year. That's that's yeah. a lot yeah, <laughs> to deal lot. with because you're coming off the back of this long illness anyway, and then your mum mm. dies, and then your life literally is unrecognisable. Yeah, it was. Um, that must have been so I mean, strange. I mean, I, I genuinely did love it. So yeah, even, yeah. If, even if my mum hadn't have died, I like to think that I would have been passionate enough to do it anyway. But it does instill a little bit of, well, I'm going to make this yeah. definitely work. Um, and, you know, you end up doing, I end up doing a lot of the diplomacy and yeah. the interviews and the, how do we get near to here? And, you know, all that I'd be thinking about all the time. Yeah. How do we make this work? Which we did. But that's amazing because, um, yeah. and it's not like, it's not, there's no, like good or bad it's just like to be have all that grief and then be in such a different world mm. where like you said you are you know the band and mm-hmm. everybody's like I'm trying to remember what cool people do <laughs> you know but I mean like it's like that's cool and you're hanging out in places <laughs> and that's a very different world like that did you I just wonder how it you was, coped with that um, did you was, feel like you were grieving in that process it, as no well? no no it was a really healthy distract I mean I spent yeah. the first few years actually telling people that I didn't care yeah. that my mum had died. Yeah. Me and my first girlfriend broke up when that was happening because I was like, I don't need... I've, I felt mad I don't need a mother. You know, she had maternalistic instincts. Wow. So I would co- constantly be shooting myself <coughs> in the foot. And yeah. Do, but, you know, you, I, you create a family. Yeah, And yeah. that was the gang. And it, that harnessed, like, a lot yeah. of what I needed, to, really, because we were with each other every day. You get in the gratification of yeah. people as it's going well people going like da, 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 you're great yeah so there's this little bubble that can contain you quite effectively until it pops yeah would it be fair to say it sounds a bit like you were the mum of the group uh i might have to ask the others but i definitely <laughs> feel like i probably yeah. was i was definitely was very conscious of how everyone felt yeah and was always trying to make sure everyone was happy yeah but having said that I was desperate for this band to be a big band. So actually, I was facilitating it. A pushy mum. <laughs> because it was my dream yeah, as well. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was kind of, a, when I look back on it now, I feel a bit, of, um, 
I feel apologetic towards certain members of the band that I was so... So driven. Yeah, you know, yeah. come on, we're doing this. But I think you know, it's not like everyone wanted to do it. We loved it. But I think it's because Dorno Porter said that in her episode that she's very... Her mum died when she was very very little, six. And she was saying she's very mothering. But if anyone tries to mother her, it's like... Like, because mm. she's not used to it. And I, yeah, it just sounded... I, was, I, do my I think, yeah, apology. I think that's true. I think sort of emotionally... Definitely, I was sort of very maternalistic, yeah, paternalistic. But it kind of came up... The things that would happen most is that when we achieved certain things in the Maccabees, I would suddenly get very sad. Yeah. So we'd be working towards something like uh, the last record went to number one and it was, you know, I was suddenly obsessed with getting this record to number one for a couple of weeks. Um, like, <laughs> and it happened. And when, when I got the call to say it was, I just I was suddenly like... Yeah. overwhelmed with actually being really sad it's so shit isn't it i have that all the time do you yeah. when things go well oh my god when things go well one it's terrifying and it's sad that's yeah. all i find it's just and you, like you said it's that thing of like you can be so aware of yourself you think you are and you work it you think no no it's not about it's not about my dad it's about this i just want to get this i just want to get this review or this thing or this gig or this acting job it's not about that and then you get it and you're like oh i was looking for approval <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, and isn't it sad that because the person you want to tell, yeah, you can't. You never, ever. And that was in that was in that Bros documentary. I mean, obviously, which is I know, seen it? I know. Well, so many yeah. people were sending it up, like rightly so, because it is hilarious. But I actually thought it really moved me towards Yen because they talk about their yeah. mum dying, and he, he says quite elegantly, I think it's Matt, eloquently, that um, the problem with your mum dying is that the one call you need to make, yeah, you can't make anymore. So you become a... And I, I remember that feeling, you know, mm. wanting to do it for my dad, but also every time we... You, you get to top of the mountain yeah. and then you're like, fucking hell, I'm so sad. Yeah. And like yeah. you said, it just oh, it just sort of hits you, doesn't it? It's like waves overwhelming of like... Yeah, I find... I do... Of sadness, I do find it hard to be... I do find it hard to be happy. I find it hard, and I don't. That doesn't mean like I'm not happy. I am a lot, but yeah. I find it when when things are going well. I find that very unnerving. Very unnerving. Me too. Yeah, I really don't like it. Isn't that like, interested? Yeah, and uh, well, my therapist is always saying to me, you know, it's because I, I just think things are going to be taken from me. Right. Like, so I just can't yeah. relax. I'm just like, well, this is great, but what's going to happen? Like, what's going? And that's when the anxiety comes from because you're like, that's what you know. You're formative years something was taken from you that's exactly and I think that's really buried deep beneath the surface that's how I feel as well yeah. but it's so beyond my conscious yes. understanding yeah. because you just trick yourself don't oh, you God, but, yeah. but that ex that exact that is exactly what that is after the band I got I so the band happened but after my mum and died but I got really into um going to Fulham Football Club and watching uh England play cricket and I mean, I genuinely do love those things for everything that's in them, the community, the theatricality, the sense of belonging, the, the drums, all that stuff. But um, Fulham lost a lot. <laughs> and the England cricket team mm. lost a lot. Yeah. And I do wonder sometimes whether that, it fed yeah. into my story about myself because I, I could go to school when my mum died and be, you know, like, oh, my mum's died. And you get quite a lot of attention yeah, for it yeah. I remember that month when she died being almost buzzing oh yeah people are really fussing yeah it's a lot isn't it so exactly so then after it it was almost like I almost would go to Fulham every week kind of hoping that they'd lose because then I'd get the little kick <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah, I do I do and I guess also it's a place where you could be sad like if you were saying right. like I'm fine, yeah. I'm fine, and then you could go and be like, oh, I'm sad, Fulham lost. Oh my god, that I'm is... sad about the cricket rather than I didn't think about. That's what yeah. it is. Like oh, you know, because that's, what that's I'm my favourite conversation. Like what yeah. are we going to do with Fulham Football Club then? <laughs> like much yeah. more than when we win. Yeah, because if you were with a team that were winning, that's that's not what you needed. It you... felt vulgar to me. Yeah. Like oh, all the winning. Why would you yeah. want that? Why do you want to deal with all that happiness? I guess that's what it is. Yeah, and so it's like a sort of safe space, isn't it? Like you can be sad and that's okay. Ah, oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> but like you said, Maybe... it's it's so beyond your consciousness sometimes. Like it's just these, you know, 
these things that you do. And I think especially when it happens to you as a teenager, because as a teenager, you, you don't really know where you're doing things anyway. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. an adult where you'd be like, oh, I think I'm doing that thing I always do. You're like, I don't know. I'm just swinging from like... Yeah, of course. ...posting whatever happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the band obviously did amazingly. When they broke up, mm-hmm. was that hard? Yeah. That... As in, not just because your band broke up, but because... It's a loss, right? Like, yeah, that's a very perceptible view. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was just thinking if I was with like for fifteen years, and it, but I would be, I'd find that very difficult. No, you know what? It was um, a jug, a huge and definitive moment of my life again when that when my band broke up because simultaneously, kind of accidentally, but maybe it was you know I had a relationship that ended exactly the same oh, time, wow. and we did these final gigs. And I felt like the world was ending, actually. Mm. And the, the band was splitting up against my will. The relationship was a pretty much the same thing. And I felt like um, I might just disappear now. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, but we kind of harnessed this thing with the group that we were going to go out on a high on our own terms. So we did these last shows and what they became, or what we attempted to make them was a sort of exorcism of all the bad goodbyes oh that's nice so we were saying goodbye together yeah because sometimes that's what life's like Mm. but we're putting it in a space where everyone could do it together so we had these this run of shows where you could feel you know people were coming up to me regularly saying oh my dad died or this happened um, and we listen to your records all the time, da, 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 and you feel that everyone was putting the energy of that yeah. into like even when I talk about it now, like every, you know, I, it's it's almost too much to um, sort of discuss. But I feel like we did a really beautiful thing there. Part of my brain was thinking this is this is a nice way to harness this, mm. you know? Yeah. But um, the, yeah, the other side, I spent three months when I just felt like I. I didn't know what I was going to do or yeah. who I was supposed to be. And uh, basically, Karen, I decided to say yes to everything. <laughs> that is the thing to and do. And it's kind of worked, yeah, actually, yeah. because I feel so much better and I don't yeah. really miss the band apart from playing shows. And, yeah. You know. But that's really, I find that's really interesting just because, because I mean, <laughs> it's so it's so tiny, but I'll, I'll compare it because it's funny. Um I had this improv group when I first started called The Institute and it was like in no way as successful as the Maccabees. <laughs> Played the Canal Cafe Theatre pretty regularly and people said we were really good. I bet you were. Yeah, we were good. We were good. And yeah, like um, Sarah Pascoe was in there and Gemma Whelan who's now in Game of Thrones and Lucy Chard from um, Showstop, like all these brilliant comedians. Um, but it was like, I really drove that a lot. I really drove it and I, I drove it a lot and then I drove it so much that I drove people away. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and... I remember, like, my, you know, my very good friends being like, yeah, we might not do that. We don't know if we want to do this anymore. And me being like, but, but, what, what? Like, but that's what we're doing. We're doing the thing. And I found it, like, devastating. That's exactly it. I found it devastating that they, because for me, and it's taken me a long time to realise this, like, I take a lot of things as you're leaving me. When it's not, it's someone going, oh, this, this isn't right for me anymore. But I hear you're leaving me a million percent <laughs> and it's so and it's taken me a long time to go because you see their reaction is like wow I mean it's yeah, just an improv <laughs> we meet I mean <laughs> for, for you it's a bit different it was a very successful band but for me they were like we meet on a Sunday I mean it's nice about 20 people see us once a month it's not and I'm like okay okay like and I I gave up improv afterwards I was like that's it heart's broken like I'll never do it again and then very slowly and it's funny you say about saying yes because that's the like the sort of foundation of improv is saying yes to things and being really open Mm. and and yeah then it's funny like eventually things started more people like oh do you want to come back and do this thing and I was like yeah okay but it was like I I knew something was a bit off I thought this reaction is a bit off but I just couldn't put it into words it took me a long time to realize like oh I find things ending very very difficult and kind of when it's happening now because it happens throughout your everyone's life. Yeah, of course. Life. Things can, happen. Can you observe it from outside yourself and go, oh, this is why I'm finding that, that difficult? Or yeah. does it still take a while to like... I've got better. Yeah. I've definitely got better. And um, I've, I've, I've got better at just sort of having a little word with myself, being like, they're not dying. 
I sometimes have to say they're not dying. They're just leaving the room or they're just mm. asking, to, they're just going away for a bit. Like, but yeah, I have got, but I still have, the initial gut reaction is like, <gasps> don't leave. Totally. And then, I, and then I have to go, like almost talk to my 15-year-old self and be like, that's not what's happening here. Like, you're all right. They're not dying in front of you. But it's like, you know, again, you're out of control. Something happened when you didn't really understand it. Mm. Someone just died when you didn't know what that meant. Mm. So then anything... So that's why I really... When you said you were with them for 15 years and then you broke up, I was like, oh, I'd find love. Yeah, I felt for you. Really so it was really like, extremely yeah, hard. Yeah, really hard. Because it's... My therapist has taught me. She's like, all losses matter. You know, everything... It doesn't mean like they have to devastate you or define you. Yeah. But if you're someone who is... I like to think of it like I've had an allergic reaction. So like, um, you know, so like anything that might be, sim, you know, near some nuts. <laughs> it's like it's not, you know, the band dying isn't your mum. The band dying, so, I even said that. The band <laughs> breaking yeah. up isn't your mum dying. So funny you said that because I was yeah. just thinking that, and that was a slip, but when the band were breaking up, we, we, I was trying to sort of fix it and it was obvious I couldn't. And I spoke to my dad about it and then he phoned up a week later and goes, so it's terminal, is it, the band? <laughs> and it, like, it was just because he's the same. Yeah. Because he's lost. Yeah, of course. You know, the mother of his children, his wife, yeah. someone he loved so much. So it was like he needed to go, right, that's it. That's, that's what's terminal. Happening. Yeah, that's how we understand this. And I remember my term, like thinking the term, that is so harsh, <laughs> the terminology of that. <laughs> um, but it's because he needed to know. Yeah. What is it we're dealing with? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's terminal. Okay, I can. Then I know how to help you. And the van was dying. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, that was that was something that was. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I I think I loaded all of that repressed grief from all that time. Yeah. And put it in that moment, basically, yeah. which was probably really good for me. Yeah, and know? those concerts. I think it's interesting as well that you your goodbye with your mum, like you said, was quite hard. So yeah. you made sure this goodbye wasn't that. Yeah, there was an element of that, yeah. definitely. I think that's beautiful. It like... was really beautiful. It was a really special thing. And then again, it's that hard thing, but like, oh, she didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I know how you feel. I'm just like, <laughs> you know I mean? like, oh, oh fucking, fucking hell. hell. Everything, everything. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. I think you just, I found it, it's, this is the thing about grief. It's like, it's not that it gets easier. I think it's like you get you get better at looking after yourself. Mm. That's what I think sometimes. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I've been here before. I know what this is. Right. You're going to be all right. Yeah. Whereas when it first happens, you're like, what the... F this feeling is so hideous. Yeah. I don't know what to do with it. But as you get yeah, into your 30s, you're like, we've done this. We've done this. Exactly. Yeah, she's not here. I know how this feels. It's going to be shit. But I will be... I will be okay. Somehow I'll find the end, my way through yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's odd even talking to you about it now because I was thinking about this the other day and it was something that occurred to me whilst listening to Griefcast, even though I have been in therapy for a few years, is that um, I haven't ever had a conversation with someone who's been through it as well. Oh, really? I don't think so. Oh, not not wow. over, not beyond one or two sentences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Someone saying, yeah. I remember this, and I go, oh, yeah, it's a bit like that, and that's the end. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so how is it feeling talking about it? No, it feels it? good. I feel like I'm just inside the podcast of this. <laughs> I'm always oh, talking good. at it anyway. Yeah. Uh, I felt like but, that. But I think that would be a lot, a lot of people's experience. Yeah. But you, and now, I, now it feels really weird to me that you would have gone that much time without ever even mentioning it yeah. with someone. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, no, I totally understand because I, I used to talk about it, but only if people... Like, I'd only talk about it if someone was like oh, my dad died. And I'd be like, oh, I, I, me too. Like, we can talk. But it, I didn't really meet anyone um, in the teenage club until I started doing the podcast. And then um, Jack Rook's episode, and his dad died of cancer when he was 15. And it was like, I found it so weird because he'd say stuff and I'd be like, yes, this is how I felt. And I think sometimes it's under, like, that power of... I mean, we talk about it being in the club, but I think... And I've always said, like, there's rooms in the club because sometimes when come, someone comes to me with, like, a pancreatic cancer story, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. It's so <laughs> horrible. It's so horrible. Yeah. And then, you know, like, or they come with, like, a dad or a mum. You know, there's these little other subsections of the room, of the club. Um, and it's just, it's really important. I find it really healing, without sounding awful, 
to find someone who understands your like what you went through kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's easy not to talk about. It it's is easy. really easy, and people people are so afraid of upsetting. So if, I think, especially if I didn't know you, <laughs> and you know we weren't in this room doing this podcast, and it came up and you just said a couple sentences and changed the subject, I'd be like, oh, okay, like it's off it's limits. Off. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. You, you don't want to push someone. Isn't that interesting though? Because then, because that's what that's what exactly what would happen. But then my brain would be like they've shut that conversation mm. down but actually yeah. what i think i'm probably asking for is someone to understand how i'm feeling without yeah without me telling them and that's what mum does yeah do you know oh, what i mean yeah, so you're of kind course. of like just to know just to get you it. want someone just to know yeah and just no to... one really is gonna know <sighs> yeah. but do you know what i mean that's what the sad feeling is because that's <clears throat> mum's yeah and, and my dad is great like that but they're the only people that can sort of yeah. Do that for you. Oh, do you see what yeah, I really saying? do. I really do. I hadn't thought of it like that. But you're completely right. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry, everyone I've spoken to ever. Um, <laughs> totally. I'm sorry. I'm trying to make you my dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You kind of put yeah. that, you, you like put that disappointment on them a little bit. Yeah, very much. And I, I've, I've, tried to, I've tried to get better at that, but I definitely did that in my 20s. If, if people didn't say the right thing... I would feel like you. I'd go, oh, they shut that down. They're a prick. Everybody's a prick. Mm. That's what life is. Yes. And that just like <laughs> that's another... That's my life. Yeah, that's my fucking life. No one understands yeah, me. Yeah, full of shit. Yeah. And that, that's where my anger came from. It was like, no one fucking understands me. And then you just build up another wall and so yeah. it's harder for people to get anywhere near you and you're like god no one ever tries to get near me and you're like chain smoking and shouting and swearing. It's like, no, I, they don't because you're yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's... You're so right though because that understanding that ability to just look at and which is family is like you said is family not necessarily just parents to be fair because some parents aren't great at it but that ability to just look at someone and just know no. what's up mm. so i think yeah it's interesting like you said that that band was your you made a family that yeah, i guess could did. look at you and go oh i know i know what he wants and is thinking for yeah this we knew our role and we yeah. and we depend on each other yeah of course you know. of course um but yeah, the yeah. talking about it is. Yeah, I don't know why why I thought of this, but um, when my mum did die, uh, the Queen Mother had just died, and so the whole of the country had um, the flags like lowered oh, at half mast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Ben Hollyoke, uh, who was a cricketer, he died in a car crash. Oh yeah, I remember. Do that. you remember that? And yeah. He was sort of twenty four or something. Yeah. Really tragic um, event, and it all happened in that same week. So I remember feeling like, oh, this little, this is a little umbrella of yeah, grief, which yeah. is all to do with the same thing. <clears throat> I know that isn't context. We no, 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 about but it's that, just that thing. But it just of sort like, of pops into my head. Yeah, yeah, of life. I didn't realize for ages that um, Princess Diana died the year before my dad, and I always thought oh, it was the year before. And then uh, recently, I worked out. It's like she died in the August. And then my dad was dead in the April. So I was like, actually, it was like really not that long after my dad. And so there was, and then there was constant, constant television programs about, do we discuss death too much? Like right. mortality? How is this country grieving? And I remember yeah. feeling very like, I wish they'd all stop fucking talking about Did you? Fucking. I found it a bit, well, I suppose what I found was like, they were talking about Diana and I was like, I, I, I'm upset by my dad. <laughs> like, and that was stealing your dad's sort of. It just felt like I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know exactly. But that's why I've always wanted to speak to Prince William because we were like the same. We're born in the same year, like, and then his lost his mum. And I've always felt really like that weird thing of like when people say those poor boys. I thought I, I kind of bet I know how they feel a tiny bit. Obviously, it's very different. They're raised in the royal family. No, I know. I, you I, know I, what I mean? I would be really. Um, that would struck me the other day because I'm. I would say I'm definitely anti-royalist, but um, so I have my opinions about them. But but when um. But it did strike me the other day, oh my God, they were boys that lost their yeah. mum and the whole, everyone knew about it and, how, yeah. and on a human level, how awful that actually oh must God. have been. Oh God, yeah. Um, yeah. Did you go to her funeral? Yes, I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do remember feeling totally numbed out about it, apart from, so the, the, the cemetery was over over the road from the church and so we carried, and it was a similar thing, she was young, so there was loads of people yeah. there, a lot of people really cared and... <coughs> my dad asked me to carry the coffin actually and then oh, for wow. so, and then I wasn't given the responsibility I think he asked me and then he maybe thought better of it which is probably fair but I'm a, when the day of the funeral her casket came into the house oh, to say wow. goodbye to her so it was sort of wheeled in 
and um, it was open and she was there. Wow. I remember I remember being suddenly aware of my influence as the older brother because I didn't know what to do. She was just there to say goodbye. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't know why I did I sort of kissed my fingers, my hand, and then put it on her forehead, I think. And then both my brothers did the same thing. And I, I don't know, I don't even, I didn't know because it felt weird to kiss the yeah, dead. Yeah. I didn't really know what the, what you were supposed to do. <clears throat> yeah, but of course they go, oh, just do what he do, what he's doing. I like, think maybe they did a little yeah. bit. Well, you do. I'm, I have an older uh, brother and it was very much like, well, I'll just do what that's he's what doing. I, no, I didn't like, fucking know what I was supposed to do. You know, <laughs> that's the realisation as a younger sibling. You're like, I thought you knew what you were doing. I didn't know that <laughs> was like, what the thing. They did it as know. if, oh yeah, that's the sort of protocol <clears throat> yeah. here. Oh my God. But yeah, when anyway, when the, cer- the ceremony happened and then it was just over, it's just over the road, the grave. So we went over there and everyone followed the coffin and it got lowered into the ground. And I remember looking, I was the first one there with my family. Everyone kind of gathered around it as it was lowered in. And I remember just thinking, I, I want to spit in that. <laughs> into the grave? Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what, it was not, like, there was no sort of dis, you know, like I said, I yeah, love yeah. And I wasn't, but I just remember having this, having to really withhold everyone surrounding me being like, wow. and I don't spit. No. You know, as a thing. But I, I remember thinking, I'm just going to, <laughs> but don't you think it's something like it's you're trying to like break it you're trying to like yeah because it's something. so weird it's like if i do something like that then it just fuck it, you want to shatter Maybe something it'll... yeah yeah and i think also when you're just a teenager it's just i don't know if you felt like it's just everything's so i just felt so weird i just i didn't have the i felt like i didn't have the language for this mm-hmm. so i think that's really interesting that you say spitting because it's like isn't that weird it's like a, no it's something like if you can't say what's happening to you but you can Spit yeah, but or shout maybe or that scream. would have been an act that would have kind of. It would have said, "I'm not okay." Yeah, it would have said, "I'm not okay." And then maybe everyone would have gone, "Oh my god, okay, he need." But the, probably standing there looking composed and made everyone yeah, go, and "Yeah, he's okay. Of it. He's okay." Now, are you feeling like obviously <laughs> it's not like you're better, but you feel like saying yes to stuff and it sounds like you're processing a lot of what's happened. Yeah, I think it was really good. Yeah, last couple. I mean, in t- in terms of grief, I think it, it, it is. It's funny because when you asked me to do this, I thought, oh, I've got so much to say about this. And then yesterday, I just had this momentary freak out of, oh, I don't know if I've grieved at all. Oh, and yeah, I might yeah. get really upset <laughs> and not know yeah, and yeah. not be in control of. Yeah. So it is that, it's that thing with grief that you're like the rubber band in it mm. like you're getting further and further away from it and then one day it'll snap and you'll be like right next right to it back, yeah. again so yeah I do and I dream, I dream about mum quite a lot oh do you yeah do you dream about I yeah it varies like I have phases yeah I had, I had years when I didn't at all at nothing and I said this before as well like when we when after he died both my mum and my brother had like really beautiful dreams about him like he visited them and I didn't I was so pissed <laughs> off <laughs> It's so pissed off. Sorry, it's not funny. Oh, no, it's hilarious. Yeah. But I couldn't believe it. They kept going, I had a dream about Dad. He was surrounded in light. And yeah. I was like, where's my You're fucking like dream? You're checking your dream inbox. Yeah, yeah. Nope, nothing <laughs> coming in. I had one dream, and the dream was, have I said this before, that um, we were trying to go to school, and we had like a porch outside our door, and his dead body was there. And oh. everyone kept going, oh, God, we can't, can't get through the front door. And I remember looking at him thinking, oh, we're going to have this dead bodies right oh okay well we gotta go to school and like that was my dream mm. and then my mum and my brother had these like he came and he said he loved us and he was in light and I was so pissed off I was like unbelievable unbelievable unbel- where's my moment that's your way of dealing with it wasn't well, that, that's what yeah the, I I went to see like one, I had one session with this like child therapist and it was awful but I remember telling her that and that's the one thing she said. She was like, well, it sounds like you deal with things very practically. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought... Because that's um, the reality, you know. Yeah. That's, I guess I was... I couldn't really do a surrounded and like thing because I think I would have had to accept it that he had died. Yeah. And I think I wasn't really in that headspace. I had exactly, like, in that moment we talked about when my band broke up and I was processing and then I did have a couple of months where I was really upset about it and I had a couple of dreams where I was in a room with my mum and I was coming out and saying, you know, come on. And she's like, I can't come. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> that makes me really sad now thinking about that. But um, she said, no, you, you can tell me about what's happened, but I can't come. I think those things are really beautiful, though, if you get yeah. things like that. I find that really... It, what, it was actually, it was m- m- her or me telling me yeah, what I needed yeah, to know, really. Yeah. 
and doesn't stop it being sad. It is sad, but to yeah. at least feel like there's yeah, it was yeah. That that's I because a little bit you think it was actually her. Yeah, a bit, you know what I mean. It yeah, because she like still it was yeah. Her. You know her so well that that voice can live on, and if she can say that to you in your subconscious, yeah, then that that's is, her love living yeah, it's, on. It's good enough. Yeah, it's just but yeah, it doesn't stop it being fucking sad. When yeah. you, what do you do when you wake up from them? Do you ever have that like ugh like. You just try and get on with it. No, I think I kind of I I, I think I enjoyed her presence. Mm. You know, whenever she gets brought into any kind of conversation, or I think I enjoy that. Yeah, I think that's quite massive, actually. It's nice, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's nice. To, and I think you know, again, don't need Doctor Freud to tell you like that's why I do the show because it's like it's a bit like yeah, I get to make him around a bit. Totally, more. it's such a nice thing. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Well, she sounds like a really brilliant lady. She was amazing, yeah. She was. She sounds like she was a really good mother. She was an incredible mother, yeah. Yeah. Um, and because my dad would definitely listen to this, um, he's an amazing dad as well, and he was a great partner. So, yeah, I'm a very lucky person. Really. Yeah. And they do say, for children who have lost a parent, like, a large factor is a surviving parent, of how they cope. Right. So, you're sitting here being a brilliant person, so obviously... Yeah, you smashed it, definitely. <laughs> he smashed it. Yeah. He came off the boundary <laughs> uh, with a six. Is that right? Is that a good thing? It'll do for it'll now. Do, it'll do for now, okay. Can I also just quickly say, yes. um, you heard Julia Samuels on this. Yes. And I had just read Griefworks when she, oh. when I before I listened to it, and that's an amazing book. Yes, so amazing. That really helped me out a lot, as, um, all the sort of character studies with the people, so I mean... Yes, anyone... we haven't talked about that for a while, actually. Yeah, Grief Work by Julia Samuel. It's case studies, but it's it's kind of incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was one. There was one boy who had lost his mum, and there was I can't remember the full details of it, but re- reading it was a genuine light bulb moment to me. Yeah. yeah so. mm. Well, Felix, thank you so much for coming to talk to me about life. Pleasure. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. You can follow Felix on Twitter at Felix White, uh, where you can get details of his new record company, Yala Records, and all the gigs that he's organising. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast, and you can email thegriefcast at gmail.com. If you have enjoyed the show, please do rate and review and subscribe. Helps other people find the show and is hugely appreciated. The show was edited by Kate Holland with thanks to Whistledown Studios, and the music was provided by the Glue Ensemble. And remember, you are not alone. Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.